It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Uh, I'm going to say no one's better than me. (laughs) Yeah, let's go. Blow up. Welcome to the Monday, August 10th edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs. And today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Today on the show, a whole bunch of assistant coaches met with the South Florida media over the course of the weekend, and there are plenty of talking points to dig into. From offensive line coach Steve Marshall to new offensive coordinator Chan Gailey, quarterbacks coach Robbie Brown, the list goes on and on and on and on, and they covered a slew of topics. But before we get there, over the course of the weekends, the Dolphins signed two wide receivers to help restock their wide receiver room amid the opt-outs from Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns. The Dolphins signed Ricardo Lewis and Chester Rogers. Rogers, previously of the Indianapolis Colts, enjoyed a career season in 2018 with Andrew Luck, logging 53 receptions for 485 yards and two scores. The Dolphins had signed Ricardo Lewis ahead of the 2019 season before he was injured, missing his second consecutive season with a knee injury, only to see the Dolphins re-sign him this offseason and then cut him ahead of training camp as they tried to whittle down their roster. Lewis is back. The Dolphins' hand has been forced at wide receiver. Although, if all goes well for the Dolphins' wide receiver room and their young players, we may not even see either one of these two players make the active roster. The best-case scenario for the Miami Dolphins as it pertains to their wide receiver room would be to see Preston Williams continue his successful recovery from an ACL injury last year. He and Devontae Parker claim the primary two wide receiver roles on the team. Jakeem Grant is going to de facto step into the wide receiver three role. And then you have guys like Isaiah Ford and Gary Jennings and Mac Hollins. Hollins with some special teams ability and some vertical receiving skills ability. Gary Jennings with experience working in the slot. Isaiah Ford, a promising finish to the season last year when he finally made it onto the Dolphins' active roster for an extended period of time. Ford's been that player that's been up and down, and the Dolphins have invested in him from a practice squad perspective for several years now. It's clear that he has something that they like. And I think he's a more smooth version of what you get with... Alan Hearns these days anyway. So assuming those players all step up and move up, and you have Ricardo Lewis, who was a blazer but hasn't played a football game since 2017, and Chester Rogers, who 
in that career year in 2018, barely managed to achieve nine yards per reception. They may be more likely to be battling Kirk Merritt to sneak onto the active roster than they are to be battling Jakeem Grant and Isaiah Ford for primary playing time amongst the Dolphins' receivers. Of course, this is somewhat of a necessity because the Dolphins are expected to run a lot of 11 personnel, which means they have one tight end, one running back on the field, and three wide receivers at any given time. It's going to allow Chain Gailey's offense to adopt the spacing that it wants to put defenses in conflict. So some measure of depth would be necessary. Of course, the other option here that the Dolphins could adopt is to strip Mike Isecki of the tight end label because he, quite frankly, operates as a slot receiver, a big slot receiver. And if the Dolphins choose to place Gusecki as a hybrid F tight end, who is more of a slot and detached from the line of scrimmage, the Dolphins may run some true 12 personnel, which gets us into a nice segue into one of the main things that Changeli spoke about when speaking with the South Florida media. He was asked specifically, has your offense changed since the early 2010s with the Buffalo Bills and in 2015 and 2016 with the New York Jets. Has it changed, he said? The terminology is the same and some of the plays are the same, but I think it changed from Buffalo to New York because of the personnel that we had, and it's going to make another change because of the personnel we have here. So if you ask Ryan Fitzpatrick, is the terminology the same? He'd say yes. Are there some thought processes the same? Yes. But we will be adjusting and adapting to the type of personnel that we have, so it may not look the same to John Q. Public. There are some similarities, but there are some things that will be different because of the personnel that we have and how we're going to be going about using them. It's a good example of good coaching. And that's one thing that, if say what you will about the productivity of Changeli's offenses in general, that's one thing he's always been very good at. His top receiving options in any of the places that you see Changeli has stopped at in recent memory. He gets his best football players the ball, and he adjusts to make sure they are getting fed opportunities. You could expect the same for the Dolphins in 2020. RockAuto.com is a family business who has been serving auto parts customers online for the last 20 years. Whether you're looking for engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet for either your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can have everything you need delivered directly to your front door. And best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are the same for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all of your auto needs, and make sure you write in Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Shane Gailey talking about the dynamics of adjusting his offense wasn't the only interesting thing that Shane Gailey had to say over the weekend. Uh, Travis Wingfield, the former host of this show, had a chance to ask Chan on the press conference about the freedom that the wide receivers in his offense has and alluded to a comment made by Jakeem Grant on the Drive Time podcast that Travis is now undertaking. And also a comment by Ryan Fitzpatrick in which he referenced Stevie Johnson, who was the Bills' three-time 1,000-yard receiver in three seasons under Chan Gailey uh, in the early 2010s. This is what Chan had to say. The great receivers I've been fortunate to be around through my years, and I've been doing this for 40-something years now, they're artists. They run a route, and they never paint the same picture twice because of the way the defender is, because of the route they're running, because of whatever it might be, the coverage. They paint a different picture every time, and if you take an artist who knows how to get open and knows what he's doing versus a defender, and you try and fit him into a box, that's where you make the guy less of a player than he really is. Gailey goes on to say, I tell them, you've got to be where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be there, but how you get there, that's up to you. So we give them the freedom to go get open, and then we think we have talented enough quarterbacks that can see that and get them the football. This is an interesting concept, right? It's, it's, I don't want to say it's less structure, but there is a little bit more freelance and creativity that's inspired as a result. And if you have great route runners, like go watch the NFL Game Pass that has Amari Cooper talking about running routes. You have somebody with that kind of cerebral approach to the game, or Devontae Adams for the Packers is another example of a guy who did a Game Pass film study and sat down with Kurt Warner and Brian Baldinger and broke down his route running. This kind of approach for route technicians is absolutely setting them up for success. It's setting them up to, uh, you know, you can play it by the book if you want, but if, if you want to give me a shimmy and you want an outside release instead of inside release because of the leverage that the defender's got because you know he can bait back, come back across his face at the top of the route, go get it. So what this does do for the Dolphins and why I like it is because the Dolphins – And you think about the decision to move on from Chad O'Shea. One of the primary problems was there were too many complexities that Chad O'Shea was trying to simultaneously teach a young roster that had a bunch of new guys that had never been exposed to anything in the playbook before. That's why it took the Dolphins seven games to win their first game, or eight games to win their first game, and seven games of, of a lot of miserable offensive play. You know, and we, we've talked about how those dynamics impacted Josh Rosen, but it impacted more than Josh Rosen as well. By keeping it simple, you know, we've talked about the spacing of the offense being simple, making it simpler for quarterbacks. By telling receivers, here's the concept. We need you, when the quarterback hits the top of his drop, to be this amount of yards, snapping your head around, get there. As long as you understand the concept of the timing of the route, 
It's very straightforward. You don't have to. There's no option route. You know, if he's not plus two on you and a half eye inside, then you got to bend it and then fold around. And, and there's none of those. The the slew of option routes and sight adjustments that everybody has to master and be on the same page. This is much more straightforward. It's when you hit your fifth drop, fifth step as the quarterback, your receiver is going to be inside the hash, head around, ready for the ball. So throw it. The downside to this is this offseason is not very friendly because what this kind of style of play promotes is a lot of chemistry between your quarterback and your receivers. The Dolphins haven't had a chance, and I think this is a good leg up for Ryan Fitzpatrick in the quarterback battle, at least early on, because Fitz has thrown to these guys before. Fitz has thrown to Parker and Williams and Gasecki whereas Tua has not in game situations yet. So to have some level of chemistry with the timing, understanding that route's not always going to look the same. Go back and, and watch the Dolphins' social account shared a clip of Jakeem Grant from last year in training camp, and Fitzpatrick's talking to him. And uh, Grant asks him, you know, what do you want as far as from a route? And Fitz tells him, run a slant. You can either play with him or you can beat him right away. It's up to you. That's a good example of like the kind of concept that we're talking about here with all of the Dolphins routes from all of their receivers. But it's not you know, a one-on-one scenario in training camp, which is what those conditions were for Grant in the video. It's every route on the field for the quarterback on every play. So... It's an interesting dynamic to watch. I think you may see some miscommunications, some mistiming, some sloppy play from the Dolphins passing game early on if they're going to have the receivers really get off script and get creative very early on. Because from a site adjustment perspective, uh, the, the timing might not necessarily be where it needs to be to operate at a very high level in the here and now. But nevertheless, because of the youth of the Dolphins roster because of how much they struggled with such a complex playbook last year, giving them concepts, master the timing and the concept and let the rest take care of itself. It's going to be much more straightforward style of play. I don't think the Dolphins will have as much problem understanding where they're supposed to be. And theoretically they should play faster as a result, but you will have some miscommunication issues along the way because it invites those miscommunications without the, the reps in chemistry. But as we alluded to at the top of the show, Shane Gailey was not the only interesting interview over the course of the weekend. Dolphins offensive line coach Steve Marshall also met with the South Florida media, and he was asked specifically about what style of play the Dolphins are going to embrace. And you look at the personnel and the the physical traits of the personnel, and it seems pretty straightforward. They're going to run the ball at you. But Marshall actually indicated that the Dolphins uh, aren't going to be too heavily dependent on any individual style of running plays, instead saying, we're going to be multiple. We've got good football players up there, so that's where I see it. Right now, we haven't even really answered that question with just walkthroughs and meetings, but we'll see what direction we go when we start getting the pads on and things like that as far as schematically. We will be multiple in the things that we do. It's just right now we're kind of in the mental phase of it, and then we'll go from there. 
it makes sense, right? Because you don't want to be so heavily skewed in one way that if somebody finds a way to counter that or neutralize that, you're now both hands tied behind your back and say, well, we're going to try our best because that's what the Dolphins did last year, except they were bad at everything in the run game. Well, we're just going to try our best and run for half a yard as our backs run into the back of our offensive linemen who can't get any push and can't create any open gaps. Well, we're going to run zone, but we're going to get all of our guys walk back two yards into the backfield and nobody's going to have any cuts available to them because our guys are getting the line of scrimmage reset against them. I would expect you'll still primarily see, even if it's outside run, you can still run power sweep. You can run wide zone with these big bodies that the Dolphins have. Their bread and butter will still be between the tackles as far as I'm concerned. And that kind of piggybacks off of what we heard uh, from the Dolphins running back coach, Eric Studsville, as well. Talking about, he was asked, you know, how do you coach the running backs? And what he said is, I coach these guys to be complete backs. where They have to be able to have the entire skill set, whether it's running, blocking, catching the ball, evading people, running routes, whatever those things are. They're all coached the same way. Now, they all do it differently and at a different level, but the expectation is that you can do all of it because you never know when you're going to need one of those guys to step in. So you think about the, the, the running back situation in Miami with Matt Breed and Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard, much more attractive downhill runner between the tackles. He's a hammer. I had a chance to study the Philadelphia Eagles for my work over at the Draft Network over the course of the weekend, the rest of their roster. And seeing Jordan and how he drug guys and how he did the same thing during his time in Chicago makes you feel really good about his ability to be a hammer. Now, you play him side to side, you're going to lose some of your appeal. Matt Breida, very much an outside runner. They ran so much wide zone, outside zone in San Francisco. And with his blazing speed, that's a guy you want pressing the edge. But you can't just strictly say, hey, Breida's in the game, we're exclusively going to run outside zone. Hey, Jordan Howard's in the game, we're exclusively going to run A-gap. To throw the change-ups, and it's kind of interesting hearing the offensive line coach talk about it and then hearing the running backs coach talk about it on the same day with different sets of questions alluding to being able to do all of it and call upon all of it. Their team identity is going to be one thing, but the ability to at least execute to some degree in functionality to have Jordan Howard run wide zone. You're not going to have him run outside zone. Difference between wide zone and outside zone is your aiming points for your back out of the backfield. Outside zone, you're trying to get the perimeter. Wide zone, instead of just inside zone where it's a huddle of bodies and you take defensive linemen wherever they want to go and the back makes the cuts off of that, wide zone, you're at least trying to stretch it out and string it out. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Jordan can run wide zone functionally. Matt Breida, there's no reason why he can't run between the tackles functionally. The offensive line. You get some of these bulls on parade. I've seen Alabama run wide zone. They can do it. Is it where they're absolutely going to kick your ass and put your face in the dirt? No, not necessarily. But they can do it. And I think that's starting to kind of see from the Dolphins' perspective that you know their messaging is the same. You know, the personnel and the picture that the personnel paints is a very vivid picture. They want to be physical. And you don't need to look any further than, you know what I really enjoyed watching yesterday when I was doing my studies for some of the rosters that I'm responsible for over the Draft Network? I watched the Ravens-Patriots game last year. Ravens jumped on top of an 8-0 Patriots team, 17-0 in the first quarter, and rushed for... 142 yards in the first 16 minutes of the game against a Patriots defense that through eight games was, oh, this might be one of the best ever. Think about how the Titans beat the Patriots in Foxborough in the playoffs. Big bodies, but they don't just run trap and lead and eye form. They run some zone concepts too. But their offensive line, go look at the Ravens' offensive line. Both of their tackles are like Ronnie Stanley's 320, Orlando Brown's 340, 350. Marshall Yonda, future Hall of Famer, he's no small guy. Bradley Bozeman. All of these guys are like 315, 320. And the Ravens, they run a lot of power concepts, but they blend it because they have a twitchy guy in Lamar, right? They can run zone read off it. They can run QB sweep off of it. They can run triple option off of it. But at the end of the day, they kick the Patriots' ass up front, and they put 37 points on them. So an interesting thing that I did hear throughout the course of that broadcast I did watch the broadcast footage. My wife wanted to watch a game with me, so I said, okay, we'll put the broadcast game on. They said on the broadcast, John Harbaugh, everything the Baltimore Ravens do is done with two things in mind. To beat the Pittsburgh Steelers and to beat the New England Patriots. When you look at what the Dolphins are doing from that scope and perspective, The blueprint that they're borrowing from is not some earth-shattering foundation. It's something that can beat the Patriots. The Buffalo Bills were a team that struggled to stop the run with physicality last year. They got a great secondary. Dolphins embracing the power play of their offensive line to beat you up up front. They are building a team, and Joe Marino, host of Locked On Bills, who's my best friend, he's the best man at my wedding, We've done draft coverage together for years and years and years and years and years. He's openly said the blueprint the Dolphins are utilizing is a blueprint that can beat the Bills based on the struggles that the Buffalo Bills had last season. 
building a team to beat those who are in your way of getting into the postseason and getting into the big dance. And then you just got to hope you get hot. Like the blueprint, being able to do a little bit of everything, but your team identity clearly says this is who we want to be. Tomorrow is power to the pot. It is your opportunity to bring talking points to the table. So I hope you'll take advantage of that. You can leave a review of the show with your question. I make sure I read all the five-star reviews. But if you don't want to leave a five-star review you already have, you can reach me on Twitter. I'm at LockedOnFins or at GrindingTape with the hashtag PowerToThePod. I hope to see you then. Kyle Krabs signing off. Thanks, as always, for listening to Locked On Dolphins. And I hope you keep it locked in right here and hit that subscribe button because we are only getting started for the 2020 season. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.